Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Ethan. I watched the first half of Tar. I watched the second half of Tar. And this is the, the other, other half. I really enjoyed my half of the movie. I'm just going to say it out right wow, now. Wow, look at you with the review up front. All right, kids, turn it off. Turn it off, yeah, everybody. I know you're here for Mike's opinion. You don't care about mine. I get it. <laughs> you can go ahead and turn off the podcast. Look, he's the he's the movie guy. I'm, yeah. the, I'm, the, I'm no, the guy who comes no, in and looks no, at movies sometimes. No. So you can you can just log off. It's fine. You know, ever just, since just, ever just since last it. week or the week before that, where we talked about uh, Triangle of Sadness, and I was just sort of like, oh, I don't know about. This. I'm putting it on all cards of the table. I enjoyed my half of the movie. I don't know where it goes. But okay. I really enjoyed the first half of Tar. Okay. I was mesmerized. Mesmerized. I yes. Uh, and this was also a movie where it was like I was originally going to try watching it before the podcast. I really wanted to see this movie like in all and then just like the way that like a scheduling worked out we just didn't end up doing that so we wound up watching for the podcast but this was one of the like this is the short list of movies where i'm like i just want to see this like yeah. pure. i mean you wanted to watch that and triangle sadness are both ones i believe you were like i, I would like to see right. these you, they were ones you're interested in at least the more. beforehand yeah exactly before actually i watched this so i'm glad the two movies uh you know, you're interested in it turned out to be pretty okay. At least the halves I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about how Tar ends, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 uh, Kate Blanchett is incredible in this film. <laughs> you know what? I think Kate Blanchett is very good. And I think yeah. uh, she deserves more recognition. She's really good in, what was that, Mrs. America? Mrs. America. She Which killed I feel like no one well. watched that. Nobody did. No one watched that. It was like you and me, and that was it. I know. And then <laughs> you, me, and our uh, our partners. Our partners, that was it. No one yeah. else watched that show. I haven't heard a single thing about it, but she was amazing in that. She was so fucking good. She's a good in, like, like she's always the best part of whatever she's in. Yeah, she was great always. in um, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, she was she's great, great in. That. She was amazing in uh, the fourth Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, so, you know. She's great. I'm sure she plays she's great. The, she plays the Crystal Skull. Whoa. <laughs> she does have a very gaunt face. I could see yeah. her like melding into that role and like being pretty good. Very specific look, and I feel mm. like playing a very like steely, uh, you know, intense conductor was like a very good casting for this role. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was very excited to see this movie. I barely knew anything. For the longest time I thought this was based on a real person. You did right up until the ta- right up until the day we said we're gonna watch this. Yeah. I was like convinced I'm like Lydia Tar is real, right? And then you're like, no, it's no, not it's a made up person. I'm like, I swear I've been seeing people feel- the thing is is it feels like very a real, real person because it's it's one of those like um you know I don't want to say it's like a Me Too movement type thing but it kind of is similar where it's mm. just like you know what this is, is the anti whiplash oh this is whiplash coming around the other way where like fucking um what's the muscly guy's name I can't remember his name <laughs> the uh the JK Simmons M&M. JK <laughs> <laughs> when JK Simmons finally gets his comeuppance like oh. later in life but you know he's he's not as prestigious right he's just a little guy and, he's also and, a man he's also a man yeah which. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this movie. This movie doesn't spell out, which is mm. interesting to me. Is that it gives you a lot to chew on oh, because 100%. it doesn't. It, I don't really know what the viewpoint of the movie is in the end. Yeah, like I don't really. You can interpret it so many different ways. Right, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but it is a, is a choice, and at least they're sticking with it, which I do appreciate. It kind of reminds me a bit of like uncut gems where you have a main character who is like pretty awful, like yeah. a, a main like character who is like clearly not a good person, but there are definitely moments like in the first half where it's like, it's not just like, it's not like Tar is like a out and out bad person. Like you, you yeah. do see moments of like warmth, like mm. particularly like scenes with her and her daughter mm. or, you know, like, like little moments where you're like, or her and like, you know, her contemporaries. 
Um, but then when you see moments of her not as a good person, you're just yeah. sort of like, oh, yeah. Like, but almost that almost makes you feel like more of a real person. Yeah, no, it definitely paints it more as like this person is complicated. Yeah. I mean, of course you would want your main character of a movie to be complicated and have multiple dimensions. I'd say so. Especially if it's an Oscar movie. <laughs> You'd want to tell he's have a little bit of depth. So, coda, coda, coda. I felt for the dad, okay? But yes, you're totally right. You're totally right. You want to have some depth. You want to have some yeah, character. Yeah. Um, you want to show that people some are multifaceted. You know? uh, yeah. like, I know. Especially people like this, like successful. Yes. You don't become a successful person like this without, like, I don't know, like, especially like I, this movie, what I really dig about it, and like, I, maybe we're going to get into it, it. It's rough because this movie's so obviously about like, what's it like to be like a woman in a male dominated like field, you know? And it's like, how does Lydia Tarr like take that? It's interesting. That barely becomes part of my half. Oh, really? It, okay. Because I guess by then the accusations are coming out in my half. I see. So it's well, less about that. The accusations that are like, put against Lydia Tarr are definitely things you see in a male-dominated film. Oh, 100%. Anyway, right? Yeah, it's very true. And, like, in my half of the movie, so much of Tarr's, like, uh, like behavior and, like, her viewpoints are so obviously, like, inspired uh, by, like, men. Like, yes. how men view mm-hmm. the world. Um, and we get that from, like, her contemporaries, her professors, like, all these men mm-hmm. who she talks to all hold similar opinions. Uh, and it's sort of just like, oh, but again, because she's, like, a woman in a male-dominated field she's the one that ends up like getting like sidelined and like, you know, yeah. um, whereas like if she was a man, maybe she'd be able to get away with it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's, it's so, it's so fucking interesting. I'm it's so, a lot to, it's a lot to discuss. It's, it's a lot, lot to, to discuss. Well, well, let's begin to discuss then. Why don't we? Let's chew on this a bit. Let's chew on our tar. Let's, I'm, let's I'm, chew on our, so sticky getting all my teeth. Ah! Let's chew on our tar on toast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so movie opens already the movie like oh one thing i want to mention about how the movie shot yeah is it's like there's like oh we don't have a dolly budget you know we're just gonna not move this camera almost ever unless we absolutely have to there was probably in my half one there was two scenes that had a moving camera one of which was a handheld like camera Mm -hmm. i think the other one was on a steadicam and uh the handheld camera felt like i immediately was like shit's going down you know Mm -hmm. like because the rest of the movie feels so locked off i think it's to sort of go like Tar is in control. Yes, 100%. You know? I definitely think that by the end of my half of the movie, I kind of forgot about the way it was shot, and mm. it was just more natural and just like, we're actually going in here right. and filming because things. She's, I'm assuming, again, I don't know, but I'm Oh, you assuming... think you think she suffers consequences? I, just think, I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not realistic, then, if that's the but case. <laughs> honestly, it feels... It, yeah, it, it feels almost like a... And I don't want to like compare this director to another one, but it feels almost like a Fincher movie. Where it's like, it, yeah, I can see that. The like, you know, the 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 depth of fields and like the the it's not ir- green enough. It's not green enough. It's not green enough. It's not green the enough. Col- the color correcting is different. But like, it's it feels so fucking like cold, cold, but like purposefully. Yeah, like I, cold I, and precise. I keep yes, I but, keep seeing people fucking like complaining about this movie. It's like, oh, it's so cold. It's so like so reserved. That's the point of it. That's the fucking point. You like look at our main character. She's cold as shit. Yeah, uh, that's the point of her. And yeah. I feel like she fucking lives in a concrete house. Yes. The house is concrete, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Movie opens with her asleep. She's on a plane. Uh, and lots we... of dream stuff. Really? Lots of sleep and stuff. Not at least in my half. half. Interesting. Very yeah. little sleep. Mm. In, in fact, in my half, the movie, it's revealed that she doesn't sleep very much. Mm. And we see her, but we see her 
on a phone. Someone is live streaming her. I think it's her uh, assistant, Francesca. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we know from Portrait of Lady on Fire. Yeah, that's right. I was wondering if you were going to recognize mm-hmm. her. She, she had the same haircut. Yeah, she uh, does. <laughs> that's why I figured it out. Uh, yeah, so uh, Francesca, her, uh, I'm assuming it's her. I don't know if it's her, but she's like uh, she's like recording her live streaming and like chatting with somebody else. I don't know who she's, who she's chatting with. Maybe she's chatting with Krista. I don't know. Um, but she's chatting with somebody. And um, the the phone uh, on the phone, they're sort of talking, and it's clear that whoever is on the phone recording her still is in love with Tar. Hmm. And it, it, again, it could be Francesca; it could not be. Um, and then we get a long opening credits. No, we don't see anything. It's just the credits, pure black, white credits, and it's the audio of. I'm assuming it's like a recording of like a like a. I think it's a Peruvian woman, like because I, it's revealed later that Tar traveled the world and recorded people uh, from like other countries and recorded them like singing their like uh, uh, their like ceremonial music and stuff like that. Interesting. And so I'm thinking that's what this is. And okay. it's literally just, I want to say two, like a minute and a half, two minutes of just that. And it immediately puts you in this sort of like trance. Like the mm. whole movie has this, like there's a lot of the movies definitely all, all about like keeping time and the idea of like maintaining it and controlling mm-hmm. it which Tar is all about. And I feel like in this moment, it's definitely sort of going like, okay, you need to slow down. You need to pay attention and you need to like, like get in this, you know, either you're in this movie or not. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Okay. Then hard cut Tar is doing a live interview with, I think the New Yorker. Uh, and when she's alone, she seems very nervous and having to prepare herself. But once she gets on stage, she's immediately very confident and outspoken. She's live. That's where she's she feels alive. most alive. Uh, and as she's being introduced, they're sort of going like, she's this. She's an EGOT. She has done all this she's stuff. She's an EGOT? She's an EGOT. She got an EGOT. For some reason, I'm like, she must have acted that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That makes no, she wrote scores she for, wrote mu- for movies and stuff. stuff. But she's they're like listing all of her accomplishments, and as they're doing that, we are intercut with her. She had a musical theater then. Yeah. Well, no. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the uh, yeah, that's right. Huh? Yeah, the Tonys. Tonys. But what? Hmm, what would she do? What kind of musical do you think she'd play? It's probably something like really sad and like depressing, probably. Oh, huh? probably. Probably yeah. like really introspective. It's like off, like on way, Broadway, but only because it's prestigious. Way terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as they're sort of introducing her like accolades, they um, we 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 are. It is intercut with shots of her looking at. I think she's preparing because she's uh, she's uh, conducting uh, 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 Symphony Number no. Five Mahler's Symphony Number no. Five. Uh, I didn't know any of this. I, I probably sound there, like a fucking. Idiot. There is a lot in this movie where they just throw terms at you, and you just got to pick them up. You just got to pick them up, or just be like, I get the you get the implication. Yeah. So there's this sort of like uh, I, I've read this before somewhere where it's like if the character knows what they're talking about, the audience will feel comfortable. Yeah. So it's like you don't even know the details right. of it, you know? Like all those movies about Wall Street and stuff where they're like doing fucking like trades all this and crazy like Moneyball or whatever. It's like yeah. it's like you don't need to explain yeah, it to yeah, me. Just explain it a little bit, but right. as long as people know, it's if, fine. If you guys feel like you know what you're talking about, then I'll just go along with you. Um and so that's as, most people on who listen to this podcast, that's right? That's fair. Yeah, exactly. We don't even know what we're talking we about, but about. we pretend like we've we only do. Seen half of the movie. Yeah, we <laughs> pretend though, and you guys are like, oh, I feel comfortable listening yeah, to these guys. I think these guys know what they're talking yeah, about. They could probably lead us through a movie that I've not seen. They don't know the characters' names. Yeah, it's fine. Him, her, whatever. <laughs> so um as this is happening, we see her like finding uh preparing 
for the cover photo, like uh, mm. her, like getting her outfit ready, her collar prepared, her, 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 sh- her like shirts and her jacket. And all of them are inspired by a photo of another male conductor who has done this before. And so right. it's like, she's breaking new ground, baby. She's a really popular, uh, conductor as a lady. Right. But she's breaking new ground in quotes. By copying a man, mm, you know what I mean. Interesting. interesting I think that's that. what she. She. It's clear that she is aware that, like, in order to become, and I mean, clearly she's very popular and like uh, successful. But in doing so, she has to become a man in a man's world. You know. Mm, okay. And, and I, the thing I, I find interesting about this is like, can we completely like? I mean, obviously she is bad. Like she's a bad person. <laughs> but it's like, in order to be popular, is this not the best way of doing it? You yeah. know. Um, because as we know, as we learn later on, there are other women in the movie who also want to be conductors who she completely blackballs and like stops from becoming conductors hmm. much like a man would do basically. Right. Well, especially cause I almost feel like this is also, uh, talking about girl bosses oh, in some ways yeah, where it's definitely. like, you know, look, there's only enough room for so many women in this field because mm. it's already a small number of women here. So yeah. if I put you down, then I get to survive sort of thing. Right, exactly. You know, the crabs and bucket sort of thing. Exactly, right. Yeah. Uh, I definitely get the feeling, too, where she's just sort of like, whenever she brings up, like, women in the industry, because, like, one of the questions in the interview is, like, have you ever experienced, you know, like, uh, what are the words they use? Um, they're like, oh, you know, is there any gender bias? Is there gender bias in the in the field? She's like, I've never experienced it. And then when she like talks about like women in the in the field, it's always like a very small footnote, and that she goes into like all the men that she like and That's wants so to emulate. She loves, yeah. Hmm. And again, I think what I think this is these these first sort of moments of the film and so there's this scene and then there's a scene after and then one scene after that and what i think these scenes are important with i'm gonna describe them is introducing who tar is why she is successful Mm. and then what her worldview is and then also why is conducting important i think that's another thing honestly great question why is conducting important well let me tell you okay because i didn't know i I honestly didn't know either and they don't explain in my half okay so i'm just like well what do i think Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I thought you said, let me explain it to you, is what you said, but I thought you said, what do you think? What do you think? So conducting <laughs> keeps the, te- I think I think the importance of conducting is you're just there to keep the tempo, you know? You're just there to keep the tempo and keep the vibes. You're you right. Know? You're like the vibe checker. You're like, you gotta go, you gotta go big, mm-hmm. folks. You gotta make, you gotta put your heart into those strums or those toots or whatever you're doing. <laughs> those strums or those toots? The strums and those toots, those are technical <laughs> terms. They said that all the time. I had to look it up. Oh, Made yeah. a lot of sense. That was like, my favorite part when you strum- is like, those strums and the toots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Those are the lingo that was very hard for me to grasp but i got with it you figured it out i figured it out yeah uh but yeah so i think i think that's one of the you're not far off okay uh they do bring that up is like is a conductor essentially just like a metronome and she's like i do keep the time and this is this is what i find interesting she's like what i'm doing is i'm adapting the work i can i control the time okay so like i can make a song last longer or i can make a moment sound bigger or smaller depending Mm. on how i uh like read the the music right interesting so it's like you know certain people will like have a song last uh, a piece last 12 minutes and she can make it last seven minutes just based on like how she's like making things go quicker or slower how so interesting that's always interesting to me probably because i'm not a professional musician yeah um but like then cheap music has timing notations on it right so it's like I always was confused. It's like, that seems like such a big deviation. Like I figured like maybe she could adjust like a minute or two, but like 
Something like seven minutes. That's or whatever. what she claims. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's what Tar said. I, I, that's what she Tar said. She seems and like a very trustworthy very person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but that's essentially. And I'm like, I get that. Like, it's basically like if you're a director of a movie and you take like a book and you're adapting it into a film, right? Like, I suppose that's right. But that's like also like. To me, it feels like if you're an audiobook reader and right. you're reading the audiobook, the person's like, fucking speed up. Come on, let's go. Because it's already written there. You can only read it so Better fast. Would, yeah. Because you're not actually cha- – or like uh, I guess another way of looking at it is like what if like people who adapt Shakespeare, right? Like, I mean, you're not going to get this because you don't know Shakespeare. Uh, yeah. I don't understand how adaptions work, Mike. I'm a big old dummy over here. Oh, Shakespeare. I can't believe that. Like, Balls Lerman? What did Balls he do? Balls Lerman. <laughs> He did a thing where he was like, wow, I'm going to make this modern day. And I I'm did, like, wow, what a conductor. I didn't mean for that to sound <laughs> shitty. It's okay. I don't care. <laughs> I was thinking about like at, like a lot of like stage interpretations of like should, should, certain Shakespeare plays. Mm-hmm. They don't change the words. They just change like how they are said. Yeah, like Boz Lerman. Yeah, like yeah. Boz Lerman. <laughs> exactly. I, didn't, I honestly didn't even fucking think about Boz Lerman. <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. Right. You but can, like that. Yeah. There are certain things you can interpret differently depending on like. Right you know your piece so like if you go and she see a beethoven musical piece played mm-hmm. it could be played a bunch of different ways depending on the conductor but you know the bones are still there the bones are still there but it's like she's like can this sound like triumph can mm-hmm. this sound like heartbreak you know what honestly why don't we just go back to theater it's like theater right same script each right. time that's what i'm saying completely different exactly well, you literally look shakespeare and i just said yeah theater <laughs> And then you're like Bos Lerman. Bos I'm Lerman. like, oh yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. he also made Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find that interesting. Is like, so that's immediately like, this is why she's also the best. Of the yeah. best is because she's able to adapt works in interesting ways without completely like severing the ties to the original piece. Uh, after this, she clearly hits on some uh, lady. Um, what lady? Just a random lady. So that's another interesting thing is that you say she's also trying to copy men. I feel like her sexual preferences are also. Oh, like, well, yeah, she is like another thing. She is like a lesbian. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, yeah, I mean, all uh, they keep talking about how many like, you know, men in this field, like both people who have written music and conducted it are like, you know, they're they're, they're always fathering children. And, oh, like, yeah. Cheating on their wives. And Got shit, a lot. Of, you know, you know? yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's very domineering. And, and she keeps she keeps saying, like, you know, she keeps telling Francesca, like, if you want to be a conductor one day, you have to be domineering. You have to stand well, up for what you want. She wants to be a conductor. Francesca wants to be a conductor. And she's oh, and she's using, she's like, she's, uh, uh, you know, Tar's assistant. And it's, it's clearly one of those, like, yeah, you know, you be my assistant, then eventually you'll become a conductor. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how long is that going to be? You know, yeah. we don't know. Uh, I've never seen her conduct anything, but she clearly has like very strong opinions, opinions that go against what like Tar thinks about like certain kinds of like okay. uh, gender stuff and whatever. I and think it, I think overall con- uh, conductors are very controlling just the nature of the because job, they are right? conducting things. They're conducting. You can say you can make the same argument about like directors. Exactly, same thing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, well, who also has a lot of uh, bad, <laughs> uh, proclivities. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because you're controlling so many fucking people, you know, and that I mean, goes it just your feels head, so sure. good. <laughs> Feel so good. What if I just conduct them do things that they don't? Never Want mind. Me to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, after the live interview, uh, she uh, goes to lunch with this guy who's another conductor. He's a, a like a rich male conductor. What's his name? Do you know? I can't fucking remember. But yeah. he, he's played by Mark Strong. Oh yes, I know exactly who go. you're talking about. Thank God. Um, and so uh, she uh, is going to be teaching a class at Juilliard. Uh, she uh, uh, requests opening up a, an accordion program, which originally is only for women, but I guess she wants to open it up to more genders. Interesting. I didn't 
they kept saying accordion. And I was like, yeah, that's such a strange name. I think maybe it's sort of like a like a false name. Like I don't think they actually play accordion, but for the longest no, time, I, I know that. Were. Yeah, I know that. I thought they. Oh, did, really? Though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, like, why? Know. Why are they like so obs- obsessed with the accordion? <laughs> Bunch of weird owls over here. Because <laughs> like the first thing I hear is like we should probably open up the accordion program. I'm like, oh, is weird owl going to be part of it? <laughs> Finally, Polka gets its due. Yeah, if you open up the accordion program, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so she's like, we need to open it up because we're only allowing women. And like Mark Strong's like, you're going to lose funding if you do that. The founding principle of the accordion like program is for yeah. it to be for a very specific gender. And she's just like, yeah, all right. I'll think about that. But it's like she's not thinking about that. No, um, so that's interesting. Uh, and then she, uh, also was like, I don't want you to look at my notes on Mahler. I'm, I, I don't want you to look at my, cause like, I guess on the actual, um, like music sheets, she's like made notes about like when to slow things down, when to speed things up. And like, he wants to take a look at those sort of like cheat off of him. Oh, who does this? Mark Strong? Mark Strong wants to. And yeah. Okay. okay this Got is all it. coming into play. Mm-hmm. Eh? Interesting. And she continuously is like, no. Don't do it. You're not allowed. And she's very like strict on that, basically. Huh. Um, she also mentions a man named Sebastian, uh, who is fired uh, later in year half. Sebastian, He's yes. an old man. Uh, they keep really calling him like him. a robot. Um, oh, yeah, because he's old. He's old. He's exactly. a, is he a celloist? Yeah, he's a celloist. Got exactly. It. You figured it out. So after that, she goes to teach a class at Juilliard. A student refuses to conduct old music played by old white men. Where is this located, by the way? Where are they doing most of this? So, okay, she lives in Berlin, but all this is taking place in New, in New York. Got it. Because she's, she's she went to New, York, to New York. Right, she went to New York for the interview, and then she's teaching in Juilliard, got and then it. she's going to go back to Berlin to uh, 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 conduct the orchestra. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So she's at Juilliard. Uh, there's this one uh, student who refuses to play music uh, written by old white men um, mm-hmm. because uh, they are like a pangender person of color. And they're just like, I don't appreciate this idea of like old white men who like, you know, had like 20 kids and like disrespected women. Like, I don't want to play music by them. Yeah, fair. And right. And but Tar is like annoyed by this. And she's just like you because he because like they want to play like. Uh, like music written by like women or like really like modern music. And Tara's like, you're a student. You should be learning like the oldies. Like you should be taking yeah. the old music written by men and trying to adapt them and make them your own. And, and they're just like, they're strong. And they're like, they're like, I don't want to do that. I don't feel comfortable in doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, she, and then she starts turning around and she's just like, well, you're judging them based on the way they look and their genders. What if they did the same thing to you? And, and and I'm like, all right, all right. Well, 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 well hold on. This is the thing. Listen, there's a power structure yeah. here, guys. It's a whole different tar. I, I, I know you know a two thing about power structure. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna really learn about it soon. And then uh, she brings up the thing of like, well, the other thing to consider too is uh, the piece that uh, the student is trying to conduct is uh, written uh, written by like a a, a very uh, as Tar says a very hot white woman. And, and then she's like, now let's look at our student and see how they compare. Do they look like the same person? And obviously they don't. Mm-hmm. And so then the student gets up, packs up all his stuff and says, you're a fucking bitch. And then walks out of the room. Wow. And all of this is one shot, mm-hmm. one take. It's a lot of one. T- uh, everything is like, it feels very theatrical. This the is the, it does feel theatrical. And this is the one, one of the one, like one of the few moments where the camera is just like constantly flowing around the room. Oh really? That's when the one's moving. Where it's like, it starts out with, with, with the, she's student. not in control. 
yeah, it's, mm. it's, there's a constant, like, actually, it's a very interesting scene because the, the student, whenever the student makes a point, they become bigger in the frame. And then as Tar makes a point, the student becomes smaller, which is to go like, who is control over the situation? Very well shot. And then she's like, you're, you know, you, you were raised on social media. And then you hard cut to someone, Francesca, Tar, I don't know, updating Tar's Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what a great... What a great intercutting right there. Mm. Like, you know, you're so obsessed with, like, the internet and, like, your image. Hard cut to her updating her Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Good shit. What do you, you want to say? Something no, nothing. I have nothing else to say. Continue okay. on. Uh, we also see that some redhead is following Tar around mysteriously. Oh, yes. Uh, we saw her at the uh, talk at the New Yorker. Now we see her at Tar's um, uh, uh, hotel. Yeah. Someone left a gift for Tar at the front desk. Tar opens the gift on a plane, and it's an old book with an odd design drawn inside of it. It looks sort of like, uh, I don't know, like like a maze. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's a very strange, odd, weird looking design with like a lot of like lines. I don't oh, know. I Do don't you know what I'm talking about? No idea what you're talking Fuck! about. All right. Well, it kind of looks like a maze. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a very strange, odd design that's clearly drawn inside this of this book. She doesn't know. But it's probably from Krista. Oh yeah, the uh, the lady with the uh, the redhead, right? The redhead, Kristen Taylor. Krista Taylor. Mm-hmm. And if you rearrange the letters in Krista, the first letters, they say at risk. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! They know. Um, and so she throws it away. She gets very upset when she sees this like design drawn inside of the book, and she throws it away. Uh, towards the sister Francesca is like, "Hey, I don't agree with your gender politics on certain things." And then they fly back to a uh, private Berlin. jet, right? No, really, not Commercial. a private jet. They drew. They flew in a private jet to get there, but they didn't drive in a. They didn't fly in a private jet back. Hmm. Maybe it matters less to look fancy then. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It was very interesting. I don't know, but yeah, that's a very good point because they did fly over in a private jet. Yeah. Uh, Tara arrives home. Her wife has a heart condition. Tara plays calming music to calm her down. Sharon is her wife. Sharon. 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 That, honestly, Tar, Ozzy Osbourne, pretty Tar, close, pretty much. <laughs> Tar needs just do. You know what? Tar would probably be cooler if he, she just did more drugs. You know? <laughs> I think Definitely. that's the thing. It's like she's too much of a hard ass. Well, speaking of drugs. She's actually been doing her wife's heart medication drugs without oh. her wife knowing. What the? What a weird. What does that do for her? Chills her out. It thins her blood out, bro. I mean, that's fair I, too. I guess I don't know. I don't know, that's but it's weird. clear that she's been taking it. And then her wife's like, "I can't find my medication." And Tar has to act like she found some of her medication when clearly she just had it. I feel like you know if you you're like you running would, out. It, it seems okay. So again. How much of the movie is like told to you? How much can you infer? It it feels to me that the wife is aware that Tara is doing this, yeah. but doesn't want to do anything. Sharon seems to be putting up with a lot. Uh huh. And knows that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. And Agreed. Sharon is a part uh, of the band. She's a the band. Yes, the band. Right. She got the band back together. Orchestra. She's the orchestra. She is a violinist. Violinist. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And she's like the head violin essentially. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So she plays calming music to calm her wife down, uh, gives her the pill, and then they talk about their daughter, Petra, who is coming home with bruises. That's not good. Petra is an adorable yeah, little she's girl. She's so sweet. Oh, my God. Who would ever want to, like, hurt this poor no little one, girl? No one. Even Tar doesn't hurt her. Tar doesn't hurt her, but you know who does hurt her? A bunch of fucking racist white oh, girls no, in Germany. Oh, no. That's true, because she's... Being abused. Yeah, she's she's uh, by Joanna. Sharon and Tar are both white people, and I think she's uh, her, like their daughter is lit, is much darker, darker skin. Yeah. yeah, and and well, and they're also like attending school in Berlin, which is also full of white people. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. And the, the people that are like specifically like abusing her is like this little white girl with like blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh. And at one point, Tar hears mm. about this and walks up to this girl. I think I want. I think her name is Joanna. Goes up to her and goes, "Hi," and she speaks her in German. And she's like, "Hi, I'm Petra's father," and which again, huh. the role of a man. That's very interesting. And then she's like, "If you ever hurt Petra again, I will hear about it and I'll get you. And if you tell anyone, they won't believe you." She's had the speech before with many other people. Oh, definitely, a hundred percent. And then she walks away, and and apparently Joanna does never hurts Petra again. Good, it might happen. I guess. Me, at least. I mean, I guess that's one good thing about bullying. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, bully. Little you never kids. heard about all the predators being nice to their for their kids. You know. <laughs> Glad we're getting to finally see that part of the story. Exactly. So uh, Tar and her wife are trying to find a new cello player for the orchestra, or I think they're just sort of like opening up the orchestra. And uh, it's very clear that Tar Didn't seems to be... Didn't someone get replaced? Was not yet. It? Okay. Uh, Sebastian is going to get replaced. That's it. So that's but not yet. Yeah. But it's clear that Tar is already planning on getting rid of Sebastian. Okay, so he has, she hasn't announced it to Sebastian. Not yet. Yeah, got it. She's just opening it up. Who knows? And she finds... going to have an open relationship with this cello. With this cello guy. Uh, and then she finds a, 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 a girl uh, who plays a cello. She's a very young a woman. And she's got heels on. And it's very clear that Tar has feelings for this, this lady. Um, What's she look like? I don't see her very much, but okay. she's got like brown hair. Okay, she's the cello. She's pretty player. young. She's young. She's not like a little girl. No, but no, but she's, she's like probably young. like early twenties. right? Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's 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 very interesting because it's sort of like we see them, we see her once in the bathroom, and Tar sort of like creepily like looks at her feet like under a stall, and then later on she sees her the click clacking of her heels, and it's like instantly it's clear that Tar has this weird like. Like yeah. desired. Do you see any more of Krista at all? No. Interesting. Krista's. I, oh well, we do hear about Krista. Oh yeah. Krista kills herself. Oh shit. Yeah. I, mean, I knew that, but yeah. Yeah, but we don't see. Do we? I'm assuming we don't no. see Krista after That's that. Interesting. I yeah. thought she'd be a bigger part in the first half. And here's the thing: we only see Krista from like the back. Like we only see her from behind. Yeah. Okay. Like for the back of her hair. Interesting. Well, yeah. she didn't have big of an acting credit, and I looked up and I was like, what are the things she done it? Not much. Oh, so you're like, you're basically almost an extra. <laughs> I assumed that she might like faked her death. I assumed that she would be a bigger part, but Me I too. guess not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, blah, 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 blah. Tar is having lunch with an old man. Um, he uh, used to be her teacher, but he says, like, oh, I didn't teach you that much. And then later on, he brings up this like factoid about um, how I think Schopenheimer or like some other like uh, a, a writer of music was like intelligence is based on sensitivity of sound. And then Tara's like, didn't he fucking like throw a woman down the stairs, like trying to like murder her. Uh-huh. And then he's just like, yeah, but I don't see what that has to do with his music. And instantly Ooh. I'm like, there you fucking go. That's what Tara's learned this, yeah, you know? Exactly. And it's so great because that's like, that guy's also like a big deal. in like, I guess the theater industry, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, the thing is, or he was, he was, He's like an old. He's not. This is not Sebastian. This is just another no, guy. I'm, thinking, who, I'm trying to look for his name on my notes, but I, I didn't. I, she I didn't, had a meeting with him later. It was okay. another guy. Continue on. Sorry, uh, it's it. fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but this is at the end of their meeting, and it's so clear that like he's like a nice guy. Adris Davis, I believe. Adris Davis. I think it is Adris. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it's Adris. At a later point, she's like, he's got no like. There's so many people's names on this institute, and mm-hmm. it's like, I don't where she where she teaching or where she at basically. What's the she's place in of? Berlin? I, d- I don't remember. I don't remember the, the exact. Probably pl- the like Berlin Orchestra. Yeah, or whatever. Some fancy. But um, she's like, there's so many great names on here, but he has nothing. He's mm. not on here at all. And I'm like, I wonder if he did something as well. Maybe I if he got kind of like blackballed because he was kind of maybe a creep. 
Yeah, maybe. Well, it's actually interesting because at one point Sebastian accuses Tar when uh, Tar is like, uh, like basically trying to let Sebastian go. Sebastian's like, I fucking knew you were going to do this. I saw that young cello player. I know what you do around here. And instantly like uh. Tar acts like like offended, even though it's very, again, such good acting by Clay, Clay Blanchett. It's clear that like twofold, it's clear that Tar knows what he's talking about. Uh, and two is happy that he's reacting this way because now it's easier to let him go. But uh, she does mention that like you are against people getting married. That's your problem. You are like projecting and you live under Adris, Andrus, Adris, Adris. You live under him. So you know the kind of shit he does too. So don't point. Okay. So he is bad guy. Yeah. Sounds like he does. Yeah, exactly. Um, So again, it's clear that like, she's just surrounded by men who like, She's Don't. just picking it up from other people. I mean, right, well, That's yeah. why you could empathize with her, bro. That's why That's she's a good why person. That's why I forgive her. everything she does. Oh, man. Uh, so blah, 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 blah. Uh, what else? What happens next? Tar hears annoying beeping. It kind of sounds like uh, the only way I can describe it is like when you enter like a footlocker, that sound of like doo doo. A footlocker? Out of all the places that they go, a footlocker? You mean can like you? a. Yes, a bodega. Oh, yeah. Uh, bodega. <laughs> <laughs> like literally any small mart. Yeah. Any yeah. small place that like usually has one person working there and they might be in the back. So they need to hear a thing. So they yes. can go to the front. Yeah. Footlocker. Uh, and <laughs> I've never been to a footlocker before. Well, you better go. Why'd you go man? to a footlocker? To get shoes, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but why they're not like Payless? Oh, Payless is another good example. So oh, yeah. Payless has a... the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> She goes on a run and she hears screaming in the distance, but she can't find what the screaming, like where it comes from. Mm. And I was like, that screaming sounds very familiar. And I look it up. It's the screaming from the end of the Blair Witch movie where uh, Heather is being chased by the witch or something. Wow. The they literally use that same audio. That's wild. The new Wilhelm scream. There you go. You gotta, the Will, the, steal it. The, the Blair the, Witch the, scream. Yeah, the, the, the witch scream. Um, it's impossible to get writing it, but then she ends up using that beeping, the doo-doo, She uses that to write the music. So what's interesting is it sounds like she writes her own music, but like either she's not become famous because of that or no one cares about it. Well, she had an EGOT because of it. I guess you're right. Yeah. But that's not, I I don't think that's what she's like wanting to do right now. I think. Yeah. I think the thing she wants to do is just play, play conduct. Conduct. Yeah. Yeah. I think she, she finds like a lot of joy in that. Uh, all right. We, she gets, she conducts the orchestra. It's fucking amazing. Her wife plays in the orchestra. She wants the album cover to match, uh, the cover we saw at the beginning, a male conductor. Uh, old man Sebastian comes by. Oh my God. And he gives like useless information. He's just like, I think, I think the, the strings are a little bit too loud. I think they're over. He, isn't he a cello player? He's a cello player. But he's coming in. He's coming in and going like, I think we're playing. No, I'm just some fire. He's just annoying. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck this guy. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And she agrees. She's just like, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. And so she goes up to this one guy who also like runs the orchestra. And uh, she's just like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of Sebastian. And they're like, okay, we'll put it to a vote. She's like, nope, no vote. I'm going to get rid of him. Nothing you can do about it. Figure, let's find somebody else to replace him. Uh, Yeah. Conductor much. I know, for real. Uh, And then... Francesca walks in and she's just like, Tar, can you please hold me? And Tar's like, uh, not here. And then Wait, Francesca's what? Francesca's like, Well, no, it's not it's not that. Krista, something bad has happened. And we don't see exactly what it is, but you can very clearly figure out that Krista's hurt herself and probably like killed herself. Oh. Uh, because Krista's been trying to reach out to like Tar. To like get her attention, but she's only been talking to Francesca. Basically, she's only I think so. Or Francesca only has been listening. As far as we know, I don't know. I'm just making that guess. Interesting. Sounds like that's the case, though. 
I mean, I'm asking because you have more information than I thought. So oh, I no. don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing that okay. Francesca was. Well, the thing is, Francesca knows who Krista was. Krista and Francesca both came from that accordion program. Uh, okay. And um, they were very promising. Francesca's like, Krista was a very promising like musician. Yeah, she's going to be big in polka scene. Uh, exactly. <laughs> she's going to be the next Weird Al. Yeah. Uh, and then Batar's like, but then she started making demands. And that's when we had to catize with her. Mm. And she's dead to us now. It's better that way. Mm. And then uh, Francesca's like, what about all those emails that she sent to us? And then Tar's like, erase them. Get rid of them. Ah. And then Francesca leaves. And then Tar, and we don't know this yet. We're just like, oh, maybe Krista was like a crazy person, right? Or maybe she was just a little bit strange. Mm. But then Tar goes to her computer, and she goes through all of her emails, and she deletes every single email of her going essentially black like blackballing like Krista where like Tar went to every single major orchestra in the world and was like do not work with this woman wow yeah immediately destroying her career damn and I'm like that's Tar's emails Tar's done that okay personal emails she deletes them all so that they can like cut ties with the whole Krista situation it's a good thing you know emails don't go two ways I so. know right <laughs> I'm like who else is gonna be able to do that uh, Tar and her wife discuss the new celloist uh, her wife isn't comfortable with the celloist joining the orchestra so quickly, but mm. Tara's just like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she might be pretty good. Yeah. Tara wakes up in the middle of the night, and in her private writing space, her metronome is going off. Uh, and uh, drawn on the metronome is the same maze design from the book that she threw away. A maze design that you don't fucking even know what it is. I'm trying to think back if I ever saw that maze design. I bet that probably showed up once. It's like a, it's it. like a bunch of diamonds and it starts, it almost looks like a Christmas tree. It's like pointy at the top, larger at the bottom. And it's like a bunch of like lines and maze. It's, I mean, it's clear that you don't know what, what no, this I is. I don't, I don't. Uh, and then after that, she gets very paranoid and she asks, uh, she asks uh, Petra like, hey, did you ever, did you go in mommy's like, study like you know you're not allowed in there and petra's like no i wasn't in there so it's like something happened to her metronome like something's going on uh the young celloist is now part of the orchestra she makes eye contact with tar tar makes eye contact with her and then her wife sees this and is already like is like her hackles are up she knows she knows something's up any one of these symbols i just google tar maze symbol all right i'm looking any of those none of those got it (laughs) I was, you know, it's one of those things where, like, they mention it. I'm reading, like, there's people who are like, the ending explained. And I'm just like, I just want to see a picture of it, dude. <laughs> but they don't have it. You should have watched the first half of the movie, bud. I guess so. Uh, all right. And then the next scene is basically her going to Sebastian um, to fire him. And then um, he accuses her of, like, uh, what was the word that he says? He says, um, you know the things that you do, the favors you grant. And it's just like, oh, so clearly like some weird shit has been going on with tar and this is the first time it's like actually uttered aloud this is the first time we're actually like made aware that tar like it's clear tar isn't like a good like a great person but now it's like oh tar could be like a really bad person mm-hmm. um so yeah there you go so now it's your half of the, t- of the movie yeah so i'm just like what is happening yeah there's so much this person seems upset they're accusing tar of a bunch of stuff <laughs> saying that there's like a hatred of marriage mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't know what's going on right um she says i know about the little favors you grant yeah there you go that's what i said and then um cuts to her talking to sharon about sharon saying that um i thought she was talking about francesca but maybe i'm doubting it no she's talking about the celloist yeah i'm saying there's like there may be other people qualified. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll hold some sort of petition or something to see if she wants to be lead. Um, and Lydia's like, I'm going straight to Lucian. Do you mm. know who Lucian is? 
Lucian. I don't know. I think he's oh, I think I think that's Mark Strong. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's on her computer, and I think this is a great way just for me to be introduced to this character. She's typing, mm. and she does the most boss thing ever. She's like, <laughs> my machine's not working. And for Chiska's there, and she's like, here. And she just grabs her. She just hands her her machine without even saying anything. Like, oh. here's your laptop. Like, here's my laptop to replace yours because yours isn't working very well. Interesting. How does that How does that describe her to you? Because she's just like, mm, I can't figure this out. Have someone else. I'll just have one of my minions do that sort of thing. I see you what know? you're saying. Like, she's not used saying. to... You know, so like doing these sorts of things yourself, yeah. Um, is that that? I'm just noticing your coaster. Is that the maze symbol right there? It's not. This is actually the... this is actually from the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Dude, they use the scream. They use the scream. <laughs> I have a I, for the people at home. I have a wooden coaster here that has the Blair Witch Project uh, logo on the top of it. That's it's, true, but it looks like a maze kind of. If it you does kind of look if like you, a maze. You know, if you're seeing you it upside down. Actually, like looking at it, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, right. It does look. It like, does kind of look like a maze type thing. It does kind of look like that. <laughs> Maybe the person who made Tar oh, was man. just very excited about the Royal Witch. And was like, I got to reference it somehow. Um. Anyway, she takes the thing and it's like, Hey, can you give me my matcha tea? Where's my matcha tea? She's nice and polite about this, but I'm like, after a while, I know this sort of like behavior can get grading to a secretary. Or whoever, oh yeah. Whoever your underling is. Assistant. Yeah. Assistant. And so she actually goes. This is what this is what uh, that uh, lady could have had in um, a triangle of sadness. You know, she could have. She could have been an assistant. Yeah, that could have been exactly it. Yeah, Yeah, Abigail. (laughs) Then she goes to um, Francesca's emails, though. The real reason is she just wanted to get into her emails and see if she had any correspondence with Krista. And all of her correspondence said stuff like Target. Tar wants me dead, etc. All the sorts of like things where she's like trying to confide in Francesca. Oh my God. So Francesca re-enters and is like, hey, did you delete all those emails with Kristen? She's like, um, I, I don't know. I'll have to d- double check. She's like, okay. Well, anyway, Sebastian's leaving us. Um, can you compile a list of suitable replacements? She says, you can f- feel free to add your own name. Mm. Which was confusing to me because you say she con- wants to be a conductor. I believe she wants to be a conductor, yeah. Well, why would she want Sebastian's job? Because he's a celloist. Yeah. Well... Is he a celloist? I thought he was, but maybe he isn't. Yeah, because he's the one leaving, and yeah. they're going to get the replacement of the young, the young, the young celloist. Oh, well, God. maybe, maybe she's also. I mean, you know, like uh, Tar plays piano, so like maybe, maybe Francesca. I mean, you know, uh, conductors can also play instruments. Not not the same time as they're conducting, though. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I found <laughs> it! I found it! Oh, you found it? There it is. Show me what it looks like. You've never seen that? No, <laughs> I don't recognize that dude. That looks like someone. Did I describe it pretty well? No. <laughs> you know what you should have said? You should have said. What should I have said? You should have said the Supreme S that everyone draws. It Ma- does kind of look like Gone the Maximum, S. where yes. they just kept going. They it's kept like drawing it. It's like a fractal it. version yeah, of the, the Supreme fractal. S. Yeah, the fractal. Like it went through a prism or something. Yeah, you're right. And turned right. into like, it's got maze-esque abilities. Thank, thank maze-esque you. Look, thank so. you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's like, oh, okay, well, um, Francesca's like, you have, a, you have a meeting with the celloist. And she's like, oh, I have to now? She's like, I can reschedule. I'll call her reschedule. She's like, no, no, no. I'll meet her. Just which now I know the previous uh, interest she had in uh, the celloist. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense why she's like, I'll push away my other meetings. But to she go also over. has to act like it's like a bother too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she goes to meet her at lunch at like this place. I guess it's some place everyone goes to to like introduce new people to the program or whatever. Mm. Um, and she's Is like, it a Johnny Rockets. This- <laughs> <laughs> Ye old Beethoven came here and he uh, ate, ate a double chocolate shake. Because that's what he loved. You know it's fancy because the fries don't come with the meal. You have to buy them separate. Exactly right. 
Uh, so she's there with her people on rollerblades deliver the food to you. <laughs> no, it's you the fanciest thing we yeah. see in Germany. Rollerblades, they just ride up to you. Yachty rockets. Yachty rockets. <laughs> you put in the order on that little thing, and they come to you, and they don't bring you fries. We'll for that later. It's Johnny good, Rockets yeah? once, and that was the one thing I remember about it. The food is pretty mediocre. The fries don't come with the meat. I don't even think they come on. I think you think of Sonic when they come on the roller skates. They do. Yeah. <laughs> we also had that could, in Germany. I couldn't think of one other thing about Johnny Rockets. So I'm like, oh, well, you they just got start shakes. Grabbing. It's all I know. Yeah. The shakes are pretty good. All right. That's about it. Anyway, uh, anyway she, so meets, she doesn't bring her there. Yeah, she meets Olga. Olga's apparently a vegetarian. There's not a lot of options for her. But then she meets. She orders meat anyway. Ooh. But, you know, Tar's trying to be. Amicable and it's like amicable, yeah. amicable. I can never say that word. Uh, neither can I. Um, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, new members. We usually bring her as a tradition. If we want to go somewhere else, she's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll make it work. Mm. Um, this is how committed and she she's is. She's like, who are some of your heroes? She's like, oh, one of my heroes was uh, Clara Zenkin, who was here because she brought um, the left wing party member. She was basically like a left wing party member mm. who brought, brought a lot of good changes to Germany before Hitler came along. Okay. That's good to know. Very good to know that that's her hero. It's not like actually like a magician or anything. Musician. <laughs> God dang it. Every time I'm like, I'm a, I'm like I, I never. Every time I say it. I, I never I take the wrong. benefit of the doubt of you're trying to say musician. I always assume like a magician. Why would a she magician. care about a magician? <laughs> like, who's your, who's your hero? David Copperfield. <laughs> Love that. Glad he got his walk of Hall of Fame walk of fame. Brought a lot of great tricks to Germany before Hitler. I'm more of a Penn and Teller fan. Excuse me. Uh, so, Olga had a dream, though, to play in Berlin because it's, it's very prestigious. And, uh, you know, she uh, liked a, a conductor named Jacqueline de Puri. She found on, on YouTube. No, not conductor. Excuse me. Celloist. That's who inspired her. Mm. And she's like, Oh, you, what's her favorite record? It's like, no, no, I found her on YouTube. She's like, oh, what was the thing that they played? It's like, oh, it was this particular a set. She's like, oh, or this guy was conducting it. She's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, oh. Tar is bringing it back to the men in the story. See, I see it more as that, like, in my perspective, they didn't know, like, the men thing beforehand. Right. I thought it was that, like, conductors don't inspire people as much as the musicians like she's going around thinking that like she's inspiring all these young musicians and stuff musicians to i didn't say anything i'm trying to say it right but i can't <laughs> musicians yeah yeah, she's yeah. Trying to this say is it. a rough movie for you to describe i just realizing <laughs> these musicians yeah, yeah 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 are inspired by other musicians they're not right. inspired by conductors as much so it doesn't matter to them well like she was obviously inspired uh, Tar was obviously inspired by the conductors in her day. Right, right, right. That was who spoke to her. And right. I think there's a difference in the two types of people in mm. some ways. I'm making a broad stereotype here. I do not 100% believe it's true, but I do believe <laughs> that this is what the movie's trying to say. Sure, 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 sure. Musicians like to create music and they mm. like to perform and collaborate, while conductors like to have the power over people. Oh, I see. And I think maybe this movie is trying to say that Tar always kind of had this lust for power, this lust of like control. Right, right, right. Um, maybe due to her personality, mm. whatever. Mm. Um, and so that's why she's more interested in the conductors doing things while musicians Olga, don't give a shit. Olga right, doesn't exactly. care. Um, that's my read on it. I like so, it. I like it. She's like, yeah, I was, um, now this was the part where it gets weird. Now I understand it a little bit more. But at the time I was like, whatever. She's like, yeah, you know, my first, I, I was lead in, um, when I was 13 in my youth orchestra, 
she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, I could send you a video of that. She sends a video of it. And she's watching it. Um, you didn't mention the part where she's living in two different places. Tar? Tar. Tar lives in a, lo- like, she has a place more oh. close to the, uh, I guess, wherever she's performing. like Kind of like your workplace. Right. And then she also has the home place with Sharon. I edit. was not aware. Oh, you thought it was the same place? I'm actually a fucking giant idiot. Because, <laughs> like, the place that she lives with Sharon is so it's, obviously different. It's so different. different. It's made of, like, concrete. And yeah. this other one is... It's, like, big glass, like, modern. And the other place is, like, it's like, a, like very old-school townhome. Yeah, like, like high-rise. Not high-rise, but, yeah. I know yeah, like, like, very homey type thing. Yes. It's an apartment. I'm a fucking idiot. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, like, another wing of this giant I thought mansion. that for a little bit. And yeah. then I was like, no, that doesn't seem different. This makes sense. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, she has two different homes. Anyway. Um. Uh, yeah. So she has two different homes. Uh. So she's in her apartment, mm. watching a video of this thirteen-year-old play cello, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, "What is this implying?" Because she seems very excited by this video. Oh, that's um, gross. <laughs> yeah. And then someone knocks on the door, mm. and there's this lady who's like, "Hey, where's my mom's newspaper delivery? Do you have it?" And she says, "No." And slams the door. Have you seen this lady before at all? I don't know. Has there ever been another lady who like? comes up? She's a larger lady. She's got darker features. Um, she's got black, brown hair, black hair kind of. Does not ring a bell. Um, kind of wearing like a skirt or something. No, she's introduced in my half right now. Interesting. No. Okay, yeah. good to know. I mean, I kind of, I'm very interested to see your thoughts when I explain this about what her character represents. What the so, fuck is going on? <laughs> we're at the uh, performance or the, the orchestra. She's they're still like, rehearsing. They're rehearsing. Yes. yes. And she's still and trying to figure out like what the music should so sound So she's like, like hey, I think we should have a tryout for whoever gets to be the new lead celloist. I think it should be oh, someone for what I think it should be someone within our own race. Because at this point, you know, he's gone already, right? right. He's been announced that he's leaving. Uh, what's his name? Franklin? <laughs> Sebastian. I like Franklin because he kind of looks like a turtle. He looks like a turtle. <laughs> She's like, all right, the Coralie Monday, all people are invited to come. Yeah. And we can all decide or whatever. We can have like an open vote. Mm uh and so she's sitting there looking out at the orchestra on kind of the banister balcony area and someone comes by and is like hey you know audrey davis she's like he's got some words with you he wants to complain she's like oh is he upset about sebastian she's like no he wants to complain about the punctuality of the driver he's been provided yes that's a that's a common thing really when they had dinner the driver was late and she was very upset with the driver interesting yeah um and it's revealed that Tar is the one paying for the driver. It's not the board. Right. But he needs to believe it's the board because Davis needs to be remembered. He is not remembered in this place at all. And I think this is building on my thesis that I think this movie is mostly about um, people in control have a fear of being forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'll get in more into that. That's a fair point because so much of this movie is about like, again, like uh, Tar, when she's talking to that, like that student, you know, they were like, I want to, like, do more modern stuff. And Tar's always, like, do the classics, do the oldies, mm-hmm. and always going, like, do Bach, do, you know, Ludwig, like, do all these other people, mm-hmm. like, these dead old guys. Yeah. And it's like, the student's like, no, I want to do the new stuff, yeah. you know? I want to forget all that stuff. Exactly. So she wants fair, to look at new things. That's a fair point. Um, And then the lady's also like, okay, so here's something a little more serious. Um, Kristen Taylor, uh, she killed herself. A uh, fellow accordion member. Academy member oh, uh, did that. She jumped off a window and then she just like splat. Like <laughs> <laughs> a good accordion. God. <laughs> she's not a real person. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and then she's also like, uh, also, by the way, apparently some accusations have been made maybe <gasps> towards you about uh, maybe at the accordion about her treatment, maybe about how she was treated here. Mm. 
So um, she goes and has lunch with Andrus and is like, he's like, are you sure you want to rotate Sebastian now? He's really good. She's like, yeah, no, it's fine. He's like, what about these accusations, huh? <laughs> and she's like, ah, they're just accusations. He's like, nowadays being accused is the same as being guilty. Mm. Um, there's this guy, this famous conductor you know and I know, but the audience probably doesn't know, uh, <laughs> that was accused of being a Nazi. And he never, like, fucking respect. He wrote for the Nazis because he had to. He never respected them. He never even said, like, how Hitler in any of his letters, even run writing to Hitler. Mm. Um, but when the time came, he had to pay for his sins, and he was basically blackballed from everything, and to secretly be playing in a graveyard, mm. literally to dead people, mm. even though he definitely wasn't a Nazi. So I'm just saying, either way, be ready for what happens. Right. So I'm not sure what this movie's thought is about, like, is accusations... is Are we supposed to side with Andris and his thoughts about, like, accusations are just as bad as being guilty? Right. Or are we just like, fuck them? I don't know. I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's funny that he's sort of just like, here's this one example of this one guy. Yeah. And then it's like, he immediately... Whatever anyone brings up the bad things that these very famous people did they're just like oh whatever i guess you're right yeah you know so it's like maybe he was kind of a piece of shit who knows i mean maybe he wasn't well maybe he wasn't a piece of shit but like you're picking such an an extreme example yeah you know like what a weird you have one example to make good on all the rest right exactly this could be the one like what is it the 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 thing that proves the rule you know yeah exactly i don't know the exception the exception that proves the rule yeah yeah um so, like, go- so what? We should never, ever, like, feel bad about anyone who's accused ever? Like, I don't know. You know? Like, that's a weird It's a very weird thing. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to the edition on Monday. There are two players. Um, there is actually someone who was already in the orchestra that was a celloist mm. uh, that's been there for a while. And it sounds like the young girl's also. Uh, Olga is also competing. Mm. There are two players. They do some blind listening to see who plays. Uh, one is clearly better. But one is also very much newer, and they're like, oh, well, that's fine. We can just ignore her, but she's better, clearly. Olga's um, better? Clearly, yes. Oh, okay. Um, so it's official. They bring her in as a soloist. Mm. You know, I think one of the things that attracts Tar to people is probably also their talent, talent yeah. as well. Like, that's something she finds attractive. I mean, as a person who's like, if, if you're looking into it as like she got into conducting because she was able to control people, could, surrounding yourself with talented people is definitely like you know, a thing. Oh, totally. You know, like you want to surround yourself in an orchestra with talented people. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's even sadder when if the person that you have picked as a, like it's, it's, it's revealed that like Krista was a very talented person mm-hmm. and then she was blackballed from the yeah. thing that she's not only loves, but is good at. Yeah, exactly. So that's even worse. Yeah. So, um, they say Sebastian's replacement was not, Francesca, she has to tell her, has to say, like, just let you know, it's not you, even though I really like you, it's not you. Which is confusing to me because she's supposed to be a conductor. conductor or something, but I don't really understand why she's like, you can't be in this, but also you can put your name in it. Maybe she was a celloist and maybe that's like her another way of her getting into it. Maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. like, but, but maybe Tar wants is to control her as a assistant more so. Right. Because there's more control over that than a celloist because then at that point you have someone you can now vote for things etc. I, I will know. say too this is this is another thing that I didn't mention before which is uh, Tar's wife has said that the celloist the new Olga her facial expression when she's playing is a little over the top and it looks like she's climaxing whenever she's playing. <laughs> so that could be a thing that Tar's <laughs> like I want to see that. <laughs> oh no! You might be right. But also Tar 
wild faces while she's conducting. Yeah, oh, Tara don't. is she's a making grunts. Nut it sounds like there. she's playing fucking tennis or something yeah! up there. She did she do that thing where she used like the stick and like acted like she was hitting a be- like a like a yeah. baseball or something. Goes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm like, all right, chill out. Chill out. <laughs> uh, Tara can't sleep. Um, Olga shows up to do a private lesson with her. Mm. Um, they have a great time, and then. Uh, Tar goes and drops her off at her place. Like she even helps, like some of Olga even like helps her with some of the writing. Like clearly they, they like each other. I guess she's amused. Um, and then she drops her off at this janky place. This place that like is like she lives in such a pristine, nice you know place. apartment. Two apparently. Two apparently. And yeah. then she drops Olga off at this place that's covered in graffiti and mm. just looks looks pretty bad. Mm. Um, she goes home. Um, Sharon's gone. Apparently, Grandma's there with the kid. This is the first time I'm finding I'm, she has a kid. I, okay, I was gonna say like I didn't know Grandma was. Grandma around. doesn't do much. She just talks in German or whatever. And it's just oh yes, yes. Oh God, Sharon's family is in Germany, and like yeah. she has like she's, a sister, she's and, like, German. A mom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, while Tara's American, it sounds like. Yes. Yes. No, she's definitely American. I learned later. Um, <laughs> so then. The kid is scared of grandma. She's like, grandma told me to be orderly, but things, they're already orderly. And she's like, okay. So they. Grandma's losing it. They play dolls. Mm. She's like, honey, they can't all be conductors. This is not a democracy, which I think is an interesting little tidbit. Um, She has a meeting with a legal person. It's like, to let you know, like, hey, how long were you acquainted to Taylor? Like, how long do you know? She's like, I don't know her that long. Mm. We just had a little brief, you know, we knew her a bit. Um, And she's like, okay, cool. Um, thank you for your time. This will all go on record and we'll use it. Uh, we'll see you when we get together to disposition. She's like, disposition? She's like, oh yeah. The dis- the guy's like, the disposition we've been putting together with your assistant. She's like, oh, my assistant never told me that. Oh shit. And she's oh, upset. Shit. So she goes and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill her. And she calls her on the phone, Francesca. Yeah. Drives around with Sharon, driving too fast. Sharon gets scared. She's pissed. Um, and talk- Sharon is a heart condition. I didn't even think about that, but yes, that's why I didn't know that. So (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about the thing I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. So then she arrives at Francesca's house, which is abandoned and empty completely. Francesca's bailed. Oh shit! She's basically been like, "I'm gonna build this case against you with the crew, unbeknownst to you, because you don't do any of your work yourself, and I'm gonna fucking leave." Oh my god! Like targets told, like you're trespassing, has to leave. She has weird dreams about her sleeping on the ocean. Um. That's crazy. She's in her apartment, not house, apartment. Yeah. And the lady, the neighbor lady appears again and she just bangs in, like demands help in German. And she's like, okay. So she comes over and is like, my mom, she needs help. And you just find this old naked lady on the ground, just mm. completely naked, old as fuck. And she's <laughs> like, as fuck, old as fuck. Old as fuck. She's like, try to get her up, trying to get her up on the toilet. Oh. She has to like, she, shit. she fell or whatever. She's yeah. Shit. And it's like, Lydia's not like this. Tar, excuse me. I roll Lydia sometimes. I don't know how we're going to go. Tar said, uh, Tar does not like this at all, but she does it and just seems shocked by this, shocked by this character and goes and like strips down completely naked and starts washing herself off. Of Tar this. does? Mm-hmm. From seeing, from touching this old person mm. who essentially in my mind represents that like being forgotten, mm. being not cared for properly. That's a fair et point. Cetera. I mean, she's laying on the floor, like far away from the toilet. Like, I don't even know how she got there. She rolled. And she rolled really <laughs> far. Um, so then Olga comes in. She's all wet. She's like, you want a towel? She seems very happy to see her. All uh, wet? She's all wet because it's raining outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, how did she get wet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make a comment about that. Why? So, uh, <laughs> 
So they seem happy. She Tar goes and puts on real clothes, comes back, because she's basically just in a towel at this point. Mm. Or robe, excuse me. Cello she's is, not decent. She's not decent, because she had to wash herself off of naked jit lady germs. Yeah. She likes young. She does not like old. Old. There's a difference. Young Tar. Something about her really enjoying youth. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Uh, so... Yeah, so she drives that's her home. That's an interesting thing, because at one point, Sharon calls herself and Tar old ladies, and Tar doesn't seem happy by that. Yeah, so, she's yeah. very much not liking her prime days or right, whatever, age, you know, yeah. but she's not really happy with it. Which is a shame, because uh, she's also really, like, self-conscious about, like, her weight and shit, too. Like, I think she has, like, <laughs> so a bit of, like... Little. Yeah, I know! Francesca's like, you never gain weight, and she's just like, come on, don't say that to me. But it's like, you're tiny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so, so she drops the celloist off. Olga and is like, Hey, you want to come to a musical party? Tar's like, Oh, I can't. I got kids. And, and Olga's like, nah, not for me. I'm never having kids. <laughs> and, uh, she gets dropped off. She like has a weird kiss of her hand or something. Like Olga kisses Tar's hand. It's very weird. Oh. And she leaves a teddy bear in the car or something that she makes jokes with earlier. Mm. Um, and so Lydia's like, Oh shit. Tar says, I got to find her. So she goes into the sketchy apartment that I mentioned earlier, and it's mm. super running, like abandoned. Like, oh. it doesn't even look like anyone even lives there. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, And she's, like, looking, saying, like, Olga, where are you? And, like, comes downstairs to this area that looks flooded mm. and gross. And suddenly the movie turns into a horror movie because she's, like, walking down this hallway. And the camera's following her. Mm. And there's, like, footsteps behind her. And it turns around. It's a dog looking at her and she's like, Oh, she starts running out of there mm. and tries running upstairs to the safe area. And she trips and falls and lands on her face. And then we <laughs> cut to Sharon coming in to see tar and she turns over and her face is just completely fucked up. It's like all bloody and nasty and stuff. Shit. And she's that like, really happened. Yeah, it really happened. Oh you know, that was God. a dream sequence. Yeah. I thought so. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so she's like, why didn't you go to the police? And tar says, I fought, he ran. There's nothing to tell. Which is confusing. Is it talking about the dog? Is it he or is it like implying that I think like, she's making up a ju- like a lie. I think she didn't want to explain like, hey, I was seeing this other woman. I went to return the the, the bear and then a dog chased me. I think she probably was mm. like, I got beat up on the street by a random guy. I uh, you know, and then he ran I don't away. Know why that didn't cross my mind? Like, why would you ever be why would you ever lie to your significant other? <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Tar's I mean, a bad person. You could just said I tripped say. on the curb and fell. I don't know why it had to be in like this area, but I guess like why were you tripping? Mm, you know? Why? Yeah. Why exactly. would you trip? Did why anyone else wet? see this? Why did yeah. nobody help? You know? That's fair. Yeah. Uh anyway, the kid's like, Why are you so beautiful? Why would you be mean? I love you, mommy. Hold my foot. <laughs> she screams in the middle of the night and needs needs to have her Petra is like the cutest little kid She's in the world. Cute. Um so next day, Tar goes up. It's like, hey, I'm fine. Look, I was just attacked. It's okay. And I'm like, what a weird thing to announce. I was just attacked. It's okay. Well, what would what would you act like? Nothing happened. I mean, no, but it's just very strange to be like, I was attacked. Oh, you should. You, you should have been like, I ran to a door doorknob or something. The you know? other thing about this is now immediately everyone's gonna look at her like a victim. So now she can like, uh, you know, now she can be like, point. everyone can like see her. I mean, it, it sounds like she's going through like a round of accusations. So now she that's can, true. She can use this as sort of like, I'm also like being victimized, even though it sounds like she was not. Mm. So she's got to go see a doctor at some point. She does it. Olga even asks, like, where were you attacked? And she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because mm. Olga doesn't even know. Um, what the fuck is up with Olga's living situation? I don't know. I don't know if, like, I almost wonder if she's there to be. Like a honeypot. Kind of what's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like she might have had 
talks with Francesca or something like that. Sounds like it. Maybe. Sounds like they know. both live in abandoned places. Does Francesca also live in like an abandoned well, place? Well, and didn't you say that they went to Francesca's house and they were like, you're trespassing, don't come here? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's true. It was kind of janky. Mm. Mm. Not as bad, but yes. Yeah. Um, There's no dogs there. So the doctor's like, checks her out. It's like, ah, you just got pain. It'll eventually go away over time. You can't, there's no, no treatment for it. Mm. Uh, so she's writing. She's trying to write some music, but she gets a text from Britta. Who, I don't know who Britta is. I she's a filter. Mike. What? <laughs> I'm talking about in the movie. Oh. She's a filter of tech, of uh, news from exactly. the Accordion Institute, I think. Yeah, anyway, she's there to help. I told you. <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, you need to see this." And she watches a Twitter video where uh, they say things that are very strange about Jewish people, and like, there's a super cut of Tar saying stuff that are not great. Some one of them says, "Like you could master it. What are you actually doing to me?" That is early in the movie. That's oh, yeah. that's her talking to the student. Oh. That Jewish thing. That's a quote. She's quoting another person. Interesting, but interesting. I think at least I think that's probably what it you're probably like. right. But like I remember her mentioning the Jews, but again she was quoting a, a bad guy when talking about like mm. that. And then uh, she also what was the other thing you said that she did? Uh, you masturbation. Masturbate. Yeah, she said that as well. But what are you actually doing to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's a guy who looks sad. She looks like he's kind of like slapping him or something. Um, yes, she does do that. Okay, she doesn't like slap him, but she sort of like hits him in a way, sort of just go like, "Hey, chill out." Interesting. Yeah, it's been but super like, cut to look like she's getting like she's attacking them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the pansexual like uh, person of color who was like, I refuse to. Oh, interesting. I refuse got to. It, I, I'm assuming probably. That, yeah. yeah, they didn't look white. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, uh, Tar leaves her apartment after watching this Twitter video and sees that there's a body being lifted out of the other apartment, and she just looks up and sees the sees the, the sister or daughter i guess just like looking for lauren and she just leaves whoa um so anyway she has a meeting with lawyers and uh denies everything mm. says there's like there's a new york denies the thing about the krista thing kind of ev- kind of everything really mm. um says there's an article in the new york post which claims she and in- she's enticed and groomed young woman to perform sex acts or she would retaliate mm. she's like this is pure fiction whatever and uh She's like, well, what about Krista Tyler? And she's like, well, Taylor, she was obsessed with me. She kept trolling me. She kept doing like weird shit online. She kept following me, which it sounds like was true on your half. But she was probably doing that because she was being abused by like, not only because she was being abused by Tar and Mm -hmm. probably because Tar wanted something from her that she couldn't, she didn't want to give her. Yeah. But also because it sounds like Tar completely, like I said, blackballed her from a thing that she loved. That's true. You know? Uh, she never I mean, clearly. Rep- it sounds like again. I'm not. I'm making assumptions, but it sounds like Francesca had a connection to Krista. You're probably was, right. You know, was like I don't think like that re- that reaction that she did to Tar was like unfounded. True. Yeah. Tar also said she never reported it, um, mm-hmm. and she's like, I can't be here for the the accordion meeting next time, but I got to go to New York City to release my book, and and do a disposition. That is what it's called, right? Tar on Tar. It's called Tar on Tar. Yeah. Uh, so she arrives home, uh, finishes her thing, can't celebrate with. Uh, Sharon, she has to pack. She's missing her performance score. Does that mean anything? One of her performance scores was missing. Yeah, I think. Oh, I think Francesca took it and gave it to Mark Strong. Oh, you because might Mark be right. Strong is the one that wanted to see that performance score, and she was kept saying like, "No, you're not allowed." And then, and he was even like, "I paid Francesca to try to give me that performance score, and she told me to get lost." But now she's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, exactly. She didn't get her spot, I guess. After all that work, <laughs> um, she's like, I'll be back tomorrow, kiddo. Um, 
day after tomorrow. She's like, okay. So she leaves, goes on a flying private, of course. Right. She goes to the disposition. The disposition lady is basically like, hey, look, um, all your responses are not very strong. You're literally just saying, we can't, rem- you can't remember, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not really giving any good indication here. So I might have to do something about that. Uh-oh. Uh, I didn't mention before, in the Accordion Institute, when she was talking to the lawyers, um, with the or I guess the small group of people, it seemed like almost like a crisis management team or whatever. Mm. Um, they mentioned that, like, she's like, this video is fabricated. Like, it's not real. But they also said, like, look, if it was just the video, we could just ignore it and be like, whatever. But there's, like, a lot of other stuff going on, too. Right. This isn't um, the only thing. This isn't the only thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, Mark Strong's character is like, here's a here's a statement we prepared that Kaplan Fund's prepared uh basically that basically says you have bumped you're getting out of here we're firing Ooh. you um so she's driving to her book release and a bunch of people are protesting a book release saying mm. we love krista etc um she has to find a back entrance mm. um during i her, wouldn't even get in there i know during her reading she reads and she sees olga in the back talking to some guy um Ooh. talking and i'm like why the fuck is olga there yeah why is olga there we'll find out in a little bit Oh! Uh, <laughs> so she's like, "Hey, that was crazy, huh? Let's go to dinner, Olga. You got anything?" Olga's like, "No, I'm jet lagged. I'm sorry. I'll, I'm gonna go to bed." And she's like, "Yeah, me too. I'm probably gonna take a nap or go to bed too." <laughs> and Tara's like, goes home, goes back to her bed, um, and reads on the Twitter that she's like po- a post that says "Tar and her fresh meat." And that's a tweet that has Olga being like pushed through the Ooh. crowd and everything. Um, and she ignores a call from Sharon. She pops some pills, which I guess must be those. Sharon's uh, pills. pills. Sharon is also like, whenever you go on trips, you never call me back. Mm, and she clearly so, doesn't. Yeah. So she's like, ah, I don't need water to drink my pills. So I calls the front desk and they're like, oh, we can get you some water. She's like, no, I'll just come down. So she starts going down. Why doesn't she just use the water from like the sink? Because she's fancy, dude. She's oh. bougie. It's New York water. Ew. Yeah, New York. Ew. There could be a rat in there. It could be a rat in there with pizza. <laughs> she goes and outside and sees Olga going downstairs with a nice dress going somewhere, anywhere. Wherever it is, not with it's tar. Not tar. She said they both say nothing on the way home. It's a silent car ride home. Uh, Sharon, she gets home to Sharon. Uh, tar blames Britta for all this news because Sharon is now suddenly dealing with all this information about these accusations and things that are finally coming out. Right. And then she also says, like, did you have fun with Olga? She's like, no, I just invited her to carry my bags. Uh, Francesca's gone, so yeah. I needed someone to do it. And who else? And I'm just like... It's a weird choice. Just <laughs> imagine your boss being like, "Hey, you want a trip to New York? Yeah, um, just to carry my bags." I'd be like, "Well, sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm just gonna ignore all your advances. Sure." Oh yeah, I guess it's a fair play. I didn't think about that. <gasps> yeah, they you were our... just saying it like if my boss was like, "Hey, you want to go to New York and carry my bags?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll carry your yeah. bags." Yeah, but you don't know what that boss also wants from you. Well, yeah, something in return. Yeah. Exactly. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool, Mike. <laughs> uh, so then Sharon's like, "I could, I forgive a lot about you." I forgive a lot, but these accusations in the play from the parents of the girl who committed suicide, I don't know if I could deal with that. Mm-hmm. Everyone is whispering in my sectional now. I wish you would have warned me how this would affect our family. Yeah. I wish you would have told me something about this. I can get over a lot of this. I might even be able to get over this, but can't you, you can't facts. let go of anything. She's like, our relationship is so transactional. The only person who's not having a transactional relationship with you is sleeping in the room next door. And I believe it's her daughter is what she's referring to. Oh, okay. That makes um, sense to me. And she says, you can't let, that pl- get, let go of that place and especially that couch, which just sounds like if she has an affair, it's probably in that apartment area, that oh, second I apartment. See. Yeah. I was wondering what the couch meant. 
I, I think like, that's, I wouldn't. I mean, it's a really nice couch. It's a nice couch. I can't get rid of it. You know, <laughs> but you can't bring it into the industrial. We've tried getting rid of couches before. <laughs> it's it's not, impossible. You have to pay people for it. Yeah. It turns out <laughs> it's hard work. Or people fucking make fun of you for it. <laughs> Assholes. Anyway. We tried getting rid of a couch. It was a very old couch. It was kind of rickety. We tried getting rid of it for free. And people made fun of us for it. Yeah, they're, they're like, but and then all we got were messages from people junk towing services. Yeah, they were just like, hey, you want us to throw this couch away for yeah. seven hundred dollars? It's like no. Anyway, a little peek behind the curtain of yeah. the other half podcast. <laughs> You're the couches. <laughs> so she arrives at the accordion institute and everyone's chatting about her. This is Tar, by the way. Um, it sounds like she got kicked out of her current place and now is moving into the apartment. She dreams of a redhead kissing her neck, which I believe is that lady. Probably Krista. Krista, yep. Um, she goes for a run. She sees a picture with, I believe, Mark Strong facing Tar, and her face has been crossed out with Ooh. graffiti. She rips it up. She's upset. Mm. Um, she goes to pick up Petra from school, and she's like so happy. Petra seems happy, but then Sharon appears and is like, no, you're coming with me. You can't oh, go with her. Oh, shit. And she pleads like, don't do this. Don't do this. I, so, bet, I bet Joanna sees all this, too. That bully kid. Oh, probably. I don't even recognize her, but probably. You wouldn't have known. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. So someone drops by our apartment um, and knocks on the door and is like, hey, this is my the person next door. That was my late mom's apartment. Mm. And she's like, Tara's like, oh, how's your sister doing? And she's, they say, she's been moved to a facility somewhere. And I'm like, oh. Was she abusing the mom? I think so. Oh, my God. And Oh, my God. I'm like, does that mean she killed her? I don't know, but yeah, I mean, clearly the fact that she's laying on the ground next to the toilet and needs help is just not like, even. It sounds like not even next to the toilet. It's like pretty far. Yeah, and that yeah. sounds like abuse. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Yikes. Um, that's not good. So she's like, hey, so you? I well, heard the music next door, and uh, she's like, oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. She's, she's like, like, I didn't get it. <laughs> Stop playing it. She says, we were wondering if there's a specific hours you don't play music, so we can oh. schedule around the music for showing people to sell this place. That's hysterical. She's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, we won't want that. And she shuts the door on their face and then grabs an accordion and just goes wild and starts playing a song. Plays the accordion? She grabs a little accordion, starts running around going, ha ha ha, apartment for sale, apartment for sale. You put your sister in jail. You're all going to hell. <laughs> just this is Weird Al. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. What happens when you go to the accordion institute? <laughs> Driving the street down the boulevard, the place is pretty packed. <laughs> So, My Bologna. <laughs> so now it's concert day and everyone's hyped. I don't know if she's been fired or not at this point. Sounds like not. It sounds like not, really. It does not. Yeah. Um, and everyone's hyped. They're getting ready to play. And um, they go up to the front. And Tar, you just see her legs are peeled from a bathroom. Like, you know how you hold your feet up above the stall so no one knows you're in there? She put That's how she met Olga. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Olga was in the bathroom and she like looked under the stall to, at her legs. So weird. <laughs> um, so then she's comes outside, brushes her hair back. She hears music playing. There's a trumpet guy like putting in the entrance music. It seems like entrance music for the conductor. She waltzes up and I realize that like, oh, she's not the conductor. Elliot's the conductor. Mark Strong's character. And he, she just goes and pushes him over and oh, says, shit. it's my score, you fucking little nothing. Oh, shit. Starts punching the shit out of him. Oh, shit. And uh, she gets pulled off of him and he's just like, I can't believe you did this. And then she gets pulled away. Cops I can't come, believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> Cut to, she's back in New York on Broadway. Mm. 
So clearly, she, whatever she she clearly was fired. Now she's clearly really fired <laughs> for doing that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, because it sounds like he stole her music or at least her notations. Yeah. Uh, and he's so, gonna take all the credit for it. Mm-hmm. So she goes to a agency and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna put you with some lady in the booking department, but she's got too much on her plate, so we paired you with Jake." And I'm like, "Interesting. This place is not pairing her with." A woman mm. assistant at all. Yeah. Now with Jake, this guy. And he's like, we need to start rebuilding you from the from the ground up now. Um, And it's like, I got some new ideas and new places for you to go. Mm. So she arrives in a, a, a little tiny house in the suburbs mm. and plays on an out-tuned piano, goes to her old room and sees all these uh, trophies. And she used to have an accordion as a kid. I'm like, this is the Weird Al. This story. is the Weird Al right there, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, that's really fucking weird. <laughs> it's weird. This came out the same year as the Weird Al. I know. Did. Yeah. <laughs> um. And there's a whole bunch of like trophies and things like that, and medals, and a mm. whole bunch of like Bach and all these classics, and a whole bunch of VHS tapes. She literally has like boxes in her room that shows how much how anal she was because she has like something that says like my IRA, mm. my fun money, my etc. Like just big boxes of that. Right. Really takes you Bach. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, so she pulls out one of the VHSs and she watches. And she sees a conductor who clearly she was inspired by. And he's like, music is the is about the way it makes you feel when you hear it. Mm-hmm. We can articulate some things like happy, sad, or mad, but we can't always articulate all of our feelings. And that's where music comes in. Right. Music is there to express our feelings instead of words, but in notes. And the mm-hmm. ones we can't do. And while she's watching this speech, which is really good, she's crying watching it. Right. And he says... Uh, Anyone can cook. <laughs> yeah. The, that movement of music can tell us the way we feel more than a million words can. Ooh. And it's, she's just like, damn, I got to get back to my roots. Yeah. I got to get back to my roots. I'm doing all this bullshit hoity-toity stuff with all these, like, collegians or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just need to get back to playing music. Going yeah. Back to conducting for people. For what I care. Yeah. So she goes downstairs to find her brother. She has a, a brother? A brother named Tony. He's a real... Hey, I'm Tony! He's a re- he talks just like that. He's a real New Yorker. Does he work at the Bear restaurant? <laughs> uh, in New York? No. In New York. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, New York. Um, hey, I'm Tony. I'm Tony here. A real New Yorker. Hey, wanna, you must... Want a piece of pie? Well, basically, he acts like such a, like, so far removed, right? Like, he's, right. like, a New Yorker. She moved to Germany, learns German, is fancy, conducts she herself... She does have, like, a person. slight New York accent, though. Very slight. Yeah, like, she's, she's trying to get rid of it. Almost Yeah. Well, he's totally from, like, the Bronx. Hey, I'm Tony! <laughs> he says, oh, you must be hiding out here, huh? He's like, she's like, what makes you think that? He's like, I don't know, there's a lot of loose ends, you gotta admit. Ain't none of my business, though. Ain't none of my business. A but, pie, <laughs> but you don't seem to know where you came from or where you're going. Boom, she's on a plane. She's going somewhere. She goes to, to New York City. No, she's in New York City. Oh, okay. She goes, That's where Tony lives. She's into the Philippines now. Tony's oh. not living in the Philippines. Oh, okay. She goes to like a place with a gun that she has to show her passport to. <laughs> a place to. with a gun? There's like there's like people out front with guns. This oh, is clearly okay. not there's no Germany, okay? Okay. Um it's clearly like unsafe here. Etc. New York City. It's not New York City. <laughs> you can make it here. You can make it anywhere. Let me tell you. She talks to the three people there who seem to be running this orchestra, mm. and they're like, "Oh, so sorry. The uh, composer's not flying in for to be in attendance of the score for this performance. Does that mean anything? Like, did she ask people like, is the composer going to be there?" Earlier on, when she was talking to that student, 
the one that she was like dressing down and like abusing mm-hmm. on Twitter or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, she was like, one day you're gonna have to be a conductor playing music that has no engine and like no one will know who you are, and I don't want you to do that. And so I think that's sort of what this scene is: is now she's become that. She's Got she's it. up there. She's has no name. Is that's that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. like she has no name. She's doing it. it's like the conductor or the composer's not coming out to look at it, right? You know. Uh, she's like, I couldn't. I tried looking in the music libraries for the score, but I couldn't find anything. Mm. It's like, no, well, we got something for you. And they hand her like a, a book with all the music in it. Mm. Um, so she's driving. They're like, oh, so we have these two guys, this guy and this gal here who will uh, let you look at the beautiful sights of our country. And it goes quiet. And like, now I notice the camera all this time in the Philippines is a lot more free flowing. It's moving right. a lot more. Right. It's a little more free. It's a little more free. Um, and they go on a boat tour in this beautiful area, and she's like, oh, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could stop somewhere for a swim? And the guy's like, mm, not here, maybe later. She's like, why, is there something wrong with the crocodiles? He says, no, or something wrong with the water? He says, no, there's crocodiles. <laughs> is there something wrong with the crocodiles? No, they're no, fine. They're fine. That's what you got to watch out for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got ahead of myself in my notes. Uh, no, there's crocodiles here. Right. They escaped from a Marlon Brando movie. <laughs> He's like, she's like, that's a long time ago. He says, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a families of them. But now. they survive. Ooh. Oh. Like all those old people making those notes. Ah, music. I see what you're saying. So they go to this beautiful waterfall. The the, the guy and the gal are having a great time. And mm. Tar's in the back kind of sulking in the waterfall. But it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she comes back from her little excursion, talks to the main guy at the hotel. And is like, hey, you know there's a place to get a massage? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a great place. Here, Tell your cab driver to go here. And they go, and she goes to this place. This is a very interesting scene because she shows up and is like, hey, I want a massage. And they're like, okay, step up to the fishbowl and pick a number. And she's like, what What? What do you mean? So this place is immaculate. So the most of the place has been, I wouldn't say super slummy, but it's been, you know, not great parts of town, right, et cetera. Right. Um, and now this is an immaculate spa. Beautiful, mm-hmm. like great walls. Kind of reminds me of like the immaculacy of her old place. I see. Like where she used to work. Um. She looks around. She's like, what does this mean? Numbers. And she sees just a circle of women all sitting, kneeling in kind of the same spot, holding like uh, massage gear. Oh. Um, stacked up, basically. 16 of them. Absolutely dead silent. She's like, just pick one of them. Oh. It's like, what? And she runs out and vomits on the sidewalk. Oh, my God. Because I guess now she's looking like, oh, this is how a lot of other women are treated other places yeah like literally like just objects numbers not even people um and it's also interesting that's just like maybe this is what she didn't it wasn't so explicit what she was doing to other people Mm -hmm. you know like she's putting other people down to make them feel like they're just a number they're just another person this is a very like it's simplifying the sort of like atrocities that she had been uh, like committing exactly exactly because it's the same nice type of environment right Mm -hmm. it's a fancy place catering to probably rich people or folks with better means than other people. Sure. Pri- yeah. Privileged people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she goes back and is like, I'm just going to go back to work. She starts talking to the young people in the orchestra and says like, let's talk about uh, these people are younger. They're clearly not like older professionals. They're like younger people who mm. seem to be into doing this music. It says, let's talk about the composer's intent with this piece and what she might be after. And she goes out to stage and this is the, after all the rehearsal and stuff. And now she's going to perform with them. And it's just, it's a smaller stage. It's not very exciting. It's pretty small. And uh, <laughs> these projectors come down. And she comes on board, gets headphones, all ready to go. These projectors come down. 
<clears throat> and a voice, a little flag appears on the screen. Mm. And a voice comes out and says, Sisters and brothers of the Fifth Fleet, it's time. I'll keep my farewell brief. I was never much with words. Once you board this ship, there's no turning back. What the fuck? The next ground your feet touch will be that of the new world. If any of you lost your wor- nerve, then step away now and let no one judge you. And Mike, I immediately knew what this was. What is going on? This is the intro to Monster Hunter. <laughs> and the camera pans out. You are such a gamer. And there's a whole bunch of people dressed in cosplay watching this orchestra, all dressed. And you got your Nerd Gigante armor. You got your Kieran armor. You got Palico armor. Everyone's dressed to the nines to watch Monster Hunter music get played. Boom. Credits. That is the stupidest shit in the entire Why? world. Why? But it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great way of going, like, you've really gone down. You've, you've got to start from the beginning. But yeah. the thing that's interesting about this, she's Monster not... has got good music. <laughs> Honestly, the most disappointing thing is I actually didn't play any Monster Hunter music. <laughs> they literally just played the <laughs> intro. The credits were just Monster Hunter music. I would love that. Yeah, I would have yeah, been yeah. so excited. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's so fucking funny. So I mean, that's why I got this movie spoiled for me because I was like, "Oh, fu-? this is what it was." Because I was like, "Why the fuck is Monster Hunter in this movie called Tar?" <laughs> Monster you, Tar Hunter. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna click on that shit. Oh my god! Ethan was like, "I gotta watch the end of this movie, Mike. I know how it ends." I was just like, "Okay, sure." I'm assuming, like, and watching my head, I'm like, I'm assuming like comeuppance happens, and you know, you like, she gets kind canceled. Of, you didn't know what kind of comeuppance. I though. did not know you that didn't she was going to be conducting the monster hunter music. She lives. Who knows? She could have killed herself or something. You know, I suppose you never true. know. Yeah, um, that's fucking hysterical. I know. And so I was like, wow. Because I was also hoping to play the music. They didn't. But they didn't. So disappointing. They couldn't Cop- get the right. Probably the biggest knock on this movie. Is that uh, they don't the, play the, the Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter music? music? Come on. Capcom Capcom would give it. Come on. Come on, Capcom. Is that the one thing that you held against the film, though? Pretty much. No, no there's a couple. I mean, the thing is, is um, what I was going to say earlier before we get interrupted uh, by just the sheer absurdness of Monster Hunter being in this movie. <laughs> um, is she's not upset about playing this. She seems very excited. Like, she's asking, like, you know, what's the composer's intent? And I'm like, it's to fucking have dope-ass music where you kill <laughs> monsters, bro. That's what the intent is. You want to be fucking hype. Yeah, and yeah, honestly, yeah. like, she's not wrong. Like, that is an intent of what the, the art is going to be used for. Right. You know, she wrote film for music. Or not music. Wrote, wrote music for film. Yes. Excuse me. Wrote music for film. <laughs> so good. Dyslexia coming in. Um, <laughs> she wrote music for film. So she knows that, like, you know, for other art pieces, like, it's all art. Right. You know, it yeah. all matters. Yeah. Even if it is silly and a bunch of, like, people dressed in costumes excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um. And she still seems quite happy with this outcome. Yeah. You know, like she's free. She's going back to what she originally wanted, which was making music that moves people, making music that makes people feel things. Because I feel like so much of her um, other stuff that she was doing was a lot of political nonsense, mm-hmm. you know? And now she's got a fresh start. She doesn't have to worry about this person being fired and going to this prestigious institute and all this other stuff. And right. Now it's just she's like... She's able to play music. Now she's able to play music yeah. in the Philippines. No one knows her, but you know what? She doesn't seem upset about it. She's mm-hmm. got a fresh start back to what she originally loved doing. Back to basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gotta I don't do really know again. what this movie's trying to say. Is that like, hey, people are bad sometimes. Maybe they are not bad themselves, but because mm. of the situations they're attracted to or the power that they're given, yeah. they turn bad. Some yeah. people can't handle that. Right. So I don't know if it's like trying to say like, this person's bad or the situation they've been brought up in 
has turned them bad and it's just not good for certain people. You know, like gambling is not bad, right? Right. But for certain people, it is it's bad. really, really bad. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And it's almost saying that like maybe power is bad for certain people or mm. even like having the control over people and they can abuse that while other people could be fine with it. You know, there are certain directors that don't turn into fucking crazy people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or don't abuse their staff or, yeah, or exactly. sexual perverts or whatever, you know? Exactly. Um, That's a fair point. I think, well, I think the I think the concept that the movie's trying to, like, deal with is a complicated one. Very I, much so. And I think that the ending can be read in two ways, right? Like, you can read it from the perspective of Tar, where it sounds like she's just like, I need to go back to basics, I need to eat crow, and I need to just, like, work from the bottom again and, mm-hmm. like, really relearn what I love about conducting. Or you can read it from a third person's perspective. It's like, you got your comeuppance, baby. Or we're just like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I would be really upset that like all this happened to me, you know? Yeah. And maybe she doesn't feel that way, but we can feel that way. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's not the true one. I've been thinking about it this whole time after seeing the movie. I'm just yeah. Like, it's, been, it's been sticking with you. Sticking with me like a sticky bong in Monster Hunter, you know? <laughs> they stick right on you and they explode after a little bit. I'm hoping, waiting for that explosion to come. I was like, is this a cult? Like, what the fuck is this crazy, like, new world All right, boat well, shit? No, man. It's the new world. Okay, so monsters have taken over this new world and you got to go explore it. And you're trying to do an exposition. expedition, And right. I think that music really captured the, the joy of finding a new world. Right. And exploring it and then, and then colonizing the shit out of it <laughs> controlling it controlling it mm, <laughs> interesting that is actually interesting because there is a lot of colonization in i believe this is mostly from monster hunter world uh which is all about colonizing a new world and taking it over and controlling these massive beasts mm, mm. interesting or is she a monster and this, ah, she's, she's part of the world baby she's been hunted i don't fucking know, I don't know. Like, they're I probably reading reaching. too much into it yeah, they're probably no. like what's a video game group that has a bunch totally. of cosplay stuff put <laughs> yeah, it in monster hunter yeah what's, what's a yeah I, I, oh man i would have loved to have seen her yeah conduct monster hunter i would have like I see how she could have transformed just it. needed just a little bit more like they literally cut it off right when the music was gonna happen is there ending credits yeah, it's an incredible. Oh, okay. It's just, it's the movie just, opens just with such a long credit sequence. I thought they got it out of the way, and then they just cut to black, and the movie's over. So no, no, sure. it's just me. it's credits still. Yeah, that's a um, shame. I I loved it. I I loved my half. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's saying. I think it's but... gonna stick with me for a long time, and I think that's a good. I think that's a good indication of a good I, movie. I am curious because like I had heard other people talk about this movie, where like some people are like, "Oh, she got off too easy," and then other people were like, "She." I felt really bad for her. I feel like this is terrible, and so I'm just sort of like. And I keep seeing people going like, oh, this is a great movie about cancel culture and like whatever. I'm just like, I don't know what people are getting from this. Like, I don't know what I'm getting from this, to be fair, in I a see. lot of ways. Yeah. Because it is such an ambiguous ending. It doesn't quite take a stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does show different perspectives of like, you know, someone who maybe was canceled. Yeah. Um, and has to go then eat crow and work their way back up, you know, start over a career. And it's like do you feel bad for that person or is right. it like, fuck them. They should restart from the beginning and try to not be toxic. Learn from their mistakes. You know, I, like do, do we cancel them forever? Or maybe, maybe she's turned over a new leaf. You know, it seems like she's a completely new person. Who knows? But the other thing could to consider too, it's like, I, cause like, all right, I think, I think you're right. That's a, that's actually a very good point. I think that's what the movie's doing is like, it's giving you her lowest point in quotes where she's, making music for that's like written by someone else yeah yeah god knows who you know like i don't know who fucking wrote the music for monster hunter no clearly not but someone she's still alive apparently so you know i don't know like is is the music for monster hunter written written by like not a man that would be really cool it's they do say she so i assume so this is one of the first times she's ever conducted music by not a guy that is interesting actually i didn't even think about that yeah so maybe she is just like 
I fucking ruined my life. You know, I lo- I lost my kid. I lost my prestige my wife. career. The only thing I have left is my family. They don't even seem to really like me. And she's willing to like finally open. Cause this is also, this is literally the opposite. Like the, when she was like dressing down that student, she was like, you know, learn the oldies, learn old men, you know, stick to the basics. This is a modern piece of music written by a woman. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, this is the first time that's she's playing point. something like that. So point. it's like, that can be seen as like she's learned her lesson, right? Yeah. But it's like if she gets that power back, who knows if, if she'll... she's going to fall right back into her old ways? We don't know. And I think that's I think that's a I think that's a cool way of ending it. Yeah. I think that's the point of the movie is like, what do you think? Do you think that she's finally learned her lesson and she's changed, or do you think people can even change that much? Yeah. You know. Do you think it's the power that corrupted her, or is it her herself that was, has always been corrupt? Do you think she corrupt? was always she was always going to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I I think I see this as like she was a bad person. She was an yeah. absolute like really awful, terrible person. And like in this position, it's almost almost sort of like she almost got off a little too easy. Like she's still conducting music. Mm-hmm. She still seems very happy. Not in America though, or any like prestigious area. So but I, mean. I, I was thinking this too. Like it's kind of shitty that it's like I mean I don't know. I think I think she sees that's the thing. It's like, again, look at how the movies like. Uh, framing this you could see it as like her going back to her roots and playing you know music in a place that like she studied or whatever Mm -hmm. but you could also see it as like she's taking a step back and playing in like a country that isn't america you know yeah and i'm like why do you why couldn't she just play music in like texas or like wyoming (laughs) they don't care that's what i'm saying right right? right. like why does this have to be like a weird sort of like she has to go overseas and play in a place that isn't america i mean probably because there's actually more you know i mean like how many orchestras do you see in fucking texas that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it would be demeaning to her. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know? But I don't know. So, like, again, like, is 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 this a positive for her or is this, like, actually a negative? I don't know. Is this really her Eden Crow or is this actually her inner element? I mean, I think it's both. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that Why can't it be both? That's why fair. can't that's it be fair. her eating Crow and being like, you know what? I need to eat this. Sometimes mm. people... Need to Wanna get put eat down. Crow. Well, sometimes people need to get put down a peg. Yeah, and that actually will enjoy it because, like, that's you know fair. what? I need to get back to her. But and should... I think that's why she started watching that video, that VHS tape sure. of the conductor being like, "That's fair. This is exactly what I need to get back. But to. I need to just, get back to music. Just because we've been following her for like an hour and a half doesn't necessarily mean that she only needed to be knocked down a peg. Totally. You know, that's the other question. Is like, is this enough for a person who is like, sounds like she has a, a record of abusing a lot of a young lot of women? People, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Including like and not. Not, not even including her like wife and like you know close people that she was around you know but it's like she's not alone in that but that doesn't necessarily you know so it's like i think that's what the movie i don't think the movie's making a stance because i think it's trying to go like well what do you think what do you think is enough is this enough blah 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 blah, blah. i don't think it is i think it's i think this is the pot the best possible outcome for somebody who sounds like did a lot of really awful shit you yeah. know and it's it's sort of doing this ending where it's like she does get to do the things she loves still right and she's happy with it yeah yeah like, Sure, we might see it as a punishment, but she's totally she fine doesn't. with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Louis C.K. can still go around and do his little shows places. Fucking for real. Yeah. Fucking for real. He ate crow for a little bit. For he a didn't little get, bit. He didn't get to perform. And he, his but now he sold out a well. fucking Madison Square Garden thing not too long ago. There you fucking you know? go. It's exactly. Like, it, just, it just takes time. People forget. Comes yeah, back, exactly. whatever. And I think... I don't know if the movie's indicting that as much as it's like, well, maybe they learn us. I'm not going to be a piece of shit anymore. Yeah, I don't know. exactly. So I don't do know. we need to forgive people like that? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Probably not. But you know, I mean, if they did like fuck, I didn't know. Especially I was being in this asshole. case where it's like, and in, in the case of Louis, where it's like it was a pattern. Like he was, oh, they were yeah. doing this consistently. Well, and it sounds it, like the same thing with Tar though. And it's that's what I'm saying. It sounds like she had set up this like group of young women in order to like use the her power group. over them. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. She literally created that group. It sounds like in order to have power over young women and to like abuse them or to control their status in the world you know and then it sounds like francesca came from there and what did Frances- francesca get uh, get an assistant position and not playing the cello in That's her true. she did not get any she didn't get fucking any, shit good, yeah so i don't know like i think tara's a bad person yeah and, totally uh i don't know i but i think it's interesting to see a character like this portrayed and it it's sort of going because like like I said I've I've heard certain people going like I feel bad for Tar you know like the I world see how easy it is I see how easy it is for sure, that because absolutely. like she is you know like you said a woman in a man's world sort of thing so yeah. you can have some empathy for her yeah. she clearly has love for her her, her kid yeah her kid yeah um, exactly she's not like a complete monster like twenty four seven you know yeah. she's nice to some people mostly people she wants to do things to yeah. but you know <laughs> or control or control yeah exactly uh, but. You know, and in the end, it's like people are complicated. I think the other thing, too, is so much of the movie. You're right. People are complicated. And because the movie follows her as a protagonist, I think we see a lot of ourselves in her in the little moments, you know, like how there was like a moment where like she opens up the door of a public uh, playing bathroom with a with a tissue. And I'm like, oh, I do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you start to see like the humanity in her and you yeah. almost tend to forget that like, oh, no, she has way more money than I'll ever see. Yeah, she's incredibly like she has so much privilege and so much control over human beings way more than I do. Yeah. You know, it's like you tend to forget the thing of like, oh, yeah, no, she is like a, 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 a megalomaniacal monster. But I also do think that because the movie does not take a very fair stance of it. I mean, clearly people watching this are probably not going to take this, but yeah. like maybe some people can walk away. Like you said, I feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. I, I empathize with her completely. I think we should forgive her completely of everything. She didn't deserve this sort of stuff. Right, right. I think there might be people who think that. but oh, 100%. I've, I've talked to people who think yeah. that. So, yeah. It, I, it's probably rare that it's going to probably hit too many people and be like I, that. I, I do think because the movie is trying to be... I, I think if the movie had been more obvious, we wouldn't have liked it as much. I think a, it's a, it's a similar, yeah. It's a similar. It's not, we definitely wouldn't have talked for almost uh, an Uh-oh. hour and thirty minutes about this movie if it was a little too like straightforward. It's but like it's like uncut gems, you know. If if it had been out and out like how he's a bad guy. I mean, how he's a pretty bad guy though. But he he treats his he treats his kids wonderfully. I guess so. But I feel like I have less empathy for him. Yeah, that's fair. Like Tar, I feel like Tar. I feel much worse for you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's in a much more worse situation mm-hmm. because. Not just because she's just greedy. It's just because she's just bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. It's it's, 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 it's complicated. But yeah, um, I did not expect to talk so much about this movie, but it is very interesting. I fucking love this movie. I really want to I think I did like it a lot now. I don't think I'll rewatch it, though. (laughs) It's a very long long, film. You know, you think our podcast is long. It's a very long film. The movie is very long. The movie is, I think, an hour longer than this episode will be. So Yeah, yeah. so take that at your will. There you go. Guys, uh, do you want even longer podcasts? I'm sure we've recorded them. <laughs> Check them out on any podcatching app. I don't know. I think this might be the longest one. Oh, my God. Well, I'm sorry about that. It's if, Oscar month, baby. If you guys made it all the way through, leave a five-star rating and review, and we'll read it on the show no matter what it says, even if it's like, why are you talking so long about this fucking movie? Stop. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at email theotherhalfpodcast.com. Yeah, we got nothing else to say. (laughs) Good night, everybody.
Would you guys like to discuss the movies that we talked about on the podcast, recommend movies for future episodes, or maybe even watch movies with us? Check out the Discord. You can find the Discord on the latest episodes or on the website, theotherhalfpodcast.com. We're just hanging out chatting. And while you're there, maybe also check out the second of the Discord, which is specifically for Ethan's uh, streams on Twitch. Uh, you get updates as to when he goes live. Just keep up to date with us, with Ethan, the podcast, and the stream. It's also totally okay if you just want to hang out and talk about the podcast. You can hang out there and maybe we'll see you there and watch a movie or something. Or maybe you're like, wow, these streams are so much better and you just totally ignore the podcast. That's also another option. That could happen. Why not? Why not? <laughs> the Discord is your oyster. Come join us. <laughs> the Discord is your oyster. Join it. Thank you.